0: again to the Lone Star Meeple Podcast.
1: With me as always to my right
0: is the red meeple
1: Alex. Hello podcast land.
0: To my left we have the green Maple, Michael.
1: Hey guys nice to be back. And myself
0: the blue meeple Sean. We are the Lone
1: Star Meeple Podcast. Welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Meeple Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the evolution of area control. How it's changed throughout the years. How it's different Used in a whole bunch of games now, and how you shouldn't be scared of it. I feel, I feel sometimes you know you pull out a game, say it's at Area Control, and lots of different reactions. Lots of different reactions. There's
2: lots of different reactions. So we're gonna talk about a few of those later in the podcast. Let's talk about some games we've been playing.
1: What have you been playing, Michael? Um, I know you've been you've been very busy with a certain developer. With a certain developer,
2: uh, IDW Games. They're working on an expansion to the digital game i've been working with some friends of mine all around the world over the zoom and i've been setting up some playtest games here and we've been playing i played with some guys in japan um all over the united states i have a friend max comes hangs out with us and we play and set up games and playtest the new cards and new scenarios and it's been a lot of fun that's
1: very exciting Lone i mean Lone star meeple going global going global
2: <laughs> not only that going developing that's the exciting part hmm it's been a lot of fun helping and reading the cards and seeing how it works, getting a first impression of it. Like, this one seems a little too powerful. And when we play, it's like, it actually worked pretty well. Or another card is like, yeah, is anybody going to
1: use this? And it turns out to be like super powerful. It's like, yeah, we might want to so change. Just as, a, just as a question, how much input do you have? Do you have, you have you told them this card is way too powerful or I think this card should be changed? in this way. The designer, Pete Walsh,
2: jumps in a lot of the Zoom ones and we, after each game, we end up talking usually about lots of different things, but he asks about the cards and there's been several times after the game, he's put a new version of the card out. All right, guys, try this card in the Facebook group. And there's been several times that he's like, I really like the way this works, or he's changed. um, The new expansion's gonna have some new cards in the villain deck, like base cards that are always in the game. And those have fluctuated quite a bit since the playtesting has started. And he's taken out some, changed uh, some a little bit as well.
1: What about you, Sean? What are you up to?
0: I'm still playing a lot of Xbox and Old Maid with my six-year-old. Although we moved on. We played the Hungry Caterpillar board game. So for those of you out there with kids who they incessantly want to watch the Hungry Caterpillar on YouTube like mine
1: does, they have a board game for that. Oh, that's nice. You're welcome. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of online gaming on Steam with my brothers and my family. Mm-hmm. We've been doing Scythe. We just played, uh, learned, and played Twilight Struggle. Such a great game! That is a great game. Uh, you just bought that, didn't you? Yes, I just acquired a physical copy after playing the online copy, and I decided this is something that needs to be in my collection. Yeah, I was gonna say, like I saw it on your shelf. I'm like, I don't remember you having that. No, that that <laughs> one that one's brand new, um, and it's the deluxe. I didn't know there was a Kickstarter. For it was it? so this come this one came with a bunch of Kickstarter stuff. What's that Twilight Imperium? No Twilight no, struggle. Struggle. Yeah, it had a Kickstarter? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who knew? I just bought it. I bought it second hand, so I, a, I, I have no idea.
0: Yeah. Other than that, I've been playing uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Still. I I yeah still I struggling through it, struggling through it. And then man, one I, I started playing Man Eater, which was like it was what it, that? it was a thirty dollar game. It's like a role. It's like an action RPG. Like, where you're placing, you know, there's, like, a shark trying to get revenge, except you're playing as the shark.
2: That's cool. It's,
0: it, it, it is. It was a lot of fun. Like, it's just mindless, simple fun. You gain levels, and you, like, you get these evolutions that you could unlock by completing these different tasks. So, you can be, like, this crazy, ginormous shark with a bone jaw and, like, electric fins and everything.
2: It was I, a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: it, 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 it was definitely fun. You've what platform around. is that on? Uh, I played it on an Xbox, and I think they have it on, you know, pretty much all of them. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it was a cheap, It was it was one of thirty dollar game, forty dollar game. It wasn't a full price game because I think I only played it ten hours. I got out of it mm-hmm. around there. But like I also did like everything, everything.
1: So I've been debating now that you just brought it up, PlayStation Five or Xbox Next. So it called Xbox Next. I have no idea what it, the name is, but neither. <laughs> no? I, I always wait because there's... so you're done with video games. No, 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 no I'm
0: not done. Is inevitably there is always some kind of wonky thing going on with the systems when they come out. So I wait for it to come for like at least six months because then usually six months later they have like a updated version that
1: has protocol. Yeah.
2: I wait for the switch too. I like the I'm switch. I'm I'm a Nintendo too. man.
1: <laughs> You're a link man. Yeah, that's You I, and I, Zelda. <laughs> Zelda.
0: Sometimes. I'm sorry, Mario, but the princess is in another castle.
1: Oh no. Different game, dude. Damn. Totally
0: different. Game, <laughs> but you know, I usually wait to get that. Like I don't think I got an Xbox One until like a year after it was released. Mm-hmm. Which is usually my rule for any Microsoft product actually. But <laughs> solid rule. But but yeah, but usually I wait a little bit before I actually jump out and get the new hardware.
2: Um one of the ones I wanted to talk about, we played a long time, and we played before quarantine came down, but I backed the next one on uh, Kickstarter, and they came out with an update for it, so I wanted to talk about it, because I know we haven't talked about it here, but the graphic novel Adventures by um, Van Ryder Games, the Crusoe crew, you didn't play with us, we mm-hmm. played with Eric and Scott, yeah. and Alex and I, but it's um, a comic book
1: adventure, adventure like, game. Choose your own adventure, but each person has their own different panels Mm. in their own comic book so
2: you turn to page 45 everyone has a very similar picture Mm. and it's a picture of two people talking and something in the background but one character is really good with animals and there's a cat that follows them and the cat on that person's book has noticed an animal and there's a
1: little number of a page that that animal can go and talk to so that person can go to a different page and get some extra information Mm. and bring it to the group Huh. And there's
2: someone who's really, like, acrobatic. And so we got to a gate, and they have a number at the top of the gate, a page number, so they can climb to the top of the gate and get over. No one else sees that number in theirs. Someone else is really good at puzzles. So if there's a physical puzzle part of the game, they have a little hint that they have a page they can go get a hint on. What so was a f- really there was a fourth character. I really,
1: really strong or something like strong that? Strong and fast. carry extra... Something yeah. like that.
2: But all four characters worked differently, and they worked independently.
1: But it was a team adventure because there's it, it ended up being like uh, an escape room slash choose your own adventure because mm-hmm. you get to certain pages where there's puzzles, and my character might not know what to do, but his character his character might have the answer on his page. But he doesn't realize that it's the answer to his page. He's trying to figure out how it works on his puzzle. That's actually the puzzle, the answer to mine, and I have yours. And so you really need to communicate. And
2: because the last, uh, the last puzzle that happened is they split us up into four well, well, different well, rooms. Spoilers. I'm not gonna give answers, but they split us up into four different rooms, and you have your information, but you're by yourself. You can whisper to the person that's in the physical room next to you. So, like, if I'm in room three, I can. Whisper information to room the person in room four or the person in room two, but the person in one can't talk to the person in four. They can't share information that way. So as we're sitting on the table, I lean over to one person give them, and went over to someone else and tell them some information. And I got someone over here, and we got to play telephone and get the information back over there. And then so you're working your way around the table, passing the information around. It was it was really interesting.
0: So can you just like pat like so? Let's just say like we're in this setup right now. So me and you would not be if there's a fourth person here. Yeah. I can whisper to Alex. Could he just then tell you precisely yes. what I just told him? And yeah.
2: it's just the game. It, because it's thematically, we're in four separate rooms that are next to each other in a dungeon. Yeah, mm. it's just, it's just role playing. So uh, the person who's in that room can give information to the room next to him. Yeah. You're talking through the walls so, is what it is. So
1: you could just not follow the rules and say, hey, uh, this and that and the yeah. other. But it's just more fun playing the telephone game. Because you're supposed to like lean in and whisper... And if I didn't hear everything I come over here and whisper something incorrectly to him. And it's just like again, it's 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 thematic. So I pass it on this way and you pass it on that way. And it's just thematic. So they made the game to be fun that like that.
2: And we played what felt like an entire game. We probably sat at the table an hour and a half, but We read like five pages. We didn't get anywhere near what the game offers. So at the very beginning, you choose an island. That island dictated our mission for that hour and a half we sat there. So next time we play, we'll just choose a different island. We'll get a completely different story. We'll visit new people, new puzzles. Hmm. So that was a lot of fun. I backed the next one on um, Kickstarter, which is Sherlock, Sherlock Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Same idea, for people doing a Sherlock's home, Holmes adventure.
0: Interesting. So while we're on the subject of graphic novels, real quick for everybody out there, if anyone has watched Lock and Key on which Netflix... Which fun show. Which was an amazing show. Did not realize that that was based on a set of graphic novels by Joe Hill, who if anyone out there, that is actually Stephen King's son. Oh. Yes. Oh, interesting. And uh, he has a couple of comics out <laughs> there that I've read before. But yeah, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son, uh, the books that the TV show is based on, Lock and Key, like the graphic novels, are amazing. Amazing. Really good. Like, I bought the Master Edition of every, like, volume that they have. So, and, like, the big fancy hardcover ones. And well, I have to I, borrow those from Yeah, me. I flew through them in, like, two days. I literally just...
2: Yeah, I'm super interested in those. That, the Netflix show was so much, super, a lot of fun to watch. I watched mm. it with my kids. We were really into it. Just the way the different keys worked and everything. The suspense behind
0: it yeah and the the comics will explain explains a, i mean the show will eventually go into it no you know i don't spoil anything but the comics go into a lot more detail and things and there's a lot more keys in the comics obviously because oh. the full series at because they can
1: so speaking of adventures we went to go do a virtual <laughs> <Horrible> re- segue <laughs> well it's adventures and <laughs> adventures uh um, oh, the virtual
0: the virtualopolis VR the one that's right by my house that you didn't the... call me to tell me that you are going to exactly we could only <laughs> have four people at the you can only at. have was... four
1: people oh alright and we went as a double date and um like you two were together we had girlfriends dude we had our oh, girlfriends
0: right. okay <laughs> <laughs> we are all hitting the microphones okay. today
1: so uh, I will say that that is like the closest thing to a holodeck from Star Trek that you can You can achieve right now. It was so much fun doing the adventures and everything. It (laughs) felt real. I've never seen
2: VR where I felt real. There's parts that you like stand on the edge of a cliff and you're like your animal brains like careful. There's the you're on the edge of a cliff and you have to remember I'm in a video game. I'm not going to fall. The floor
1: will move, and you actually like try to balance yourself. Really, even though you're perfectly balanced to begin with, it was a lot of fun. Uh, But it was
2: like a virtual reality escape room. You had to like physically use puzzles that you would see in an escape mm -hmm. room. But some of the things like put gears on the wall. I've done an escape room a couple different times. But But Alex and I were paired up and I had a gear that didn't fit. and He had a gear that didn't fit. So we had to look through a little crack in the wall where we could see each other and physically pass these virtual gears. And you're
1: literally throwing them at each other. Or there's one where he's climbing a wall and he's like, where do I go? And I had a bow and arrow. So I would shoot arrows and he would grab the arrows that I'm shooting, hmm. they'd stick to the wall to continue climbing. It was It was really well done. The the thing the thing I don't like is the fact that even though there was four of us, the puzzles were mainly partnered.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They definitely split us up through the software two versus two and two. And there were uh, three or four times that all four of us would be on a platform together and we'd all have to push the button at the same time.
1: And then we'd split up again.
2: And then we'd split up into so, two and two.
1: that's the one thing I didn't like about But it might have just been that particular game.
2: It's very possible. but Because some of the other ones on their website don't specifically say groups of
0: two.
1: Yeah, so that one, if you go, it's like, take one other person, you'll be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah. won't miss anything. So if you're killed in the Matrix, then how does... I
2: don't know. Just wake up like Inception.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> a
2: dream and a dream and a virtual reality world. All right. So those are the things we've been playing. We're going to try something new this week. Um, we're going to bring a mechanic and we're going to talk about lots of different games about the mechanic. Um, Alex is going to do a little intro on it,
1: but this week, we're, or this time we're going to talk about area control games or area majority all right, so as you guys know, and if you listen to the podcast or know me, area control is one of my favorite mechanics. And like I mentioned earlier, usually you bring a game out and people will say, well, you get lots of different reactions. A lot of them negative, I'm surprised with it. People go, Ugh, I don't want to play that area control game. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed a pattern where area control is in a lot more games. So we can, we can start with... Uh, what I think is the granddaddy of them all.
2: Well, I was gonna, uh, just the BGG definition, I went and looked because as I was trying to figure out what we're going to do, I clicked area control. And the uh, board game geek definition of it is multiple players may occupy a space and gain benefits based on the proportional presence in the space. Basically, how more guys you have there, you're going to get a reward based on. The amount of people you have versus other people,
1: right? And that's where that's where I was going mm-hmm. talking about the granddaddy of them all, because I don't think that definition really captures what 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 in essence is is area control. Yeah, like I
0: think there's a lot of there's there's different facets to area control than just basically as as and, board game geek is defining And one thing
1: it. area control should and I think the definition is missing is it causes interaction and conflict between the players. Mm-hmm. So, I've never played a peaceful area control game. I've never played a area control game where I, I, I don't look at the person and go, Oh, you beeply beep. Why did you go there? Um, and starting, and if someone knows of an older area control game, please let us know. But I think the granddaddy of them all, Risk. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is the purest... Most basic area control. And I, I think have
2: this spot. You have that spot. Yep. And we'll fight a, for it. Yeah.
0: I'm getting a benefit from this spot. And we looked it up. That's why we said if you could think of one that's older, Risk was uh, originally came out in 1959. So if any of you guys out there know of one that came out prior to that, do please let us know in the comments. But as far as we know, Risk is the oldest and the original area control game. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, before
2: we get too far. I, we're using the word area control. It's There's several other definite or words we can use. Area majority and a couple other different things. Well, I think
1: those are and sisters or added into the area control aspect. When
2: we say area control, we're including area majority into that. So area majority would be if two people are there, whoever has the most. But area control is the person who has the territory. And there's little nuances, but we're going to say area control talking about lots of different... Types and, of
1: areas, yeah. And how it's changed, broad, The yeah. broad term for it. And how it's changed, and how it's used um, in different different uh, games. One that kind of blew my mind was Adrenaline, and I've talked to you about this. Where uh, to that? That's an area control game, but it presents itself like a first-person shooter. I was gonna say run of... me
0: through that because I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how Adrenaline is an area okay,
2: control game. Okay, so. The mechanic of the game is it's a first-person shooter. You're running around, picking up weapons, shooting each other. It does not feel area control at all. What the area control is, in front of you have a um, the cardboard player board. Mm-hmm. And every time I shoot you, I put my color wounds on your player board. And Alex shoots you, and the other player shoots you. you are got to have several different colors. When you die, that's where the area control comes in. You look at your board, and whoever shot you the most gets the most points. the second most gets a fewer points all the way down for every player. Then you'll reset, you'll come back, but you'll also add a chip to a little red skull to make you less valuable so there's no pick mm. on the person in the whole game. So at the very end of the game when you at, score it's at the control. end of everybody's death when someone dies will area control score and that will happen multiple times and at the end of the game, there's one more set of area control scoring. Of how who, many
1: people you've killed.
2: Who killed the most people. So there's a track on the board itself. Mm. When you kill someone you put your wound markers up there and whoever has the most will score the most points at the end. Yeah. So even though the mechanics and a of the physical run around the game don't feel area control in the least, the entire scoring part is.
0: Hmm. So that would, I guess yeah, I guess that would kind of fall under more of like the area majority kind of thing. Because I mean when we mm-hmm. play, I mean, I played Adrenaline with you multiple times and never in my head did I like, really consider it because when, when I say area control my, first, my brain immediately says there's a board there's going to be places on the board and that there's a I need to and control and, <laughs> and yeah, that we're going it's... to be fighting over we might be able to be there at the same time maybe, maybe not mm-hmm. but that's immediately what my brain does when someone says an area control game
1: and that's what this conversation is about to show that area control is in lots of games and it's not something to be scared of or snub your nose at like I've seen some people do, um, because it's hidden. It, it's in there. You're playing area control. And, for example, on Adrenaline, I've made decisions of, I can kill this person, give him one wound and get two points, or I can shoot him, add five markers, and control his board so when he dies, I get the most points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an active decision that you're making. Which area do I want to control? Mm-hmm. Do I want to finish him off, or do I want to start this guy?
2: Alright, so how I think we're going to work this today is uh, I went through the Board Game Geek Top 100 and pulled out all the ones that they said have area control. And the ones that we've played quite a bit that we're knowledgeable about, we pulled out. And then I went and pulled some more games that are area control through other lists that I found. So we're going to run through the list, and I think there's about ten that we're going to talk briefly about. And then we each picked three that Show area control in a unique way, and we already talked about my first one, Adrenaline, that it's not necessarily an area control game on its face, but it does have a unique aspect of area control. So we picked games that do area control or area majority a unique way. Mm. So we're going to run through this big list first, and we talked about Risk a little bit, but El Grande uh, is number 62 on the Board Game geek list. What number was Risk? uh 18,000 something
0: 18, 000, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a trick question when he asked me like no oh, it's got to be in the top 100 I don't, think, I don't think Risk deserves that much hate
2: I mean it's to be fair it's it was the one that was came out in 1959 so if there's other versions that came out they might have a different listing I don't know when I typed in Risk that's the one I saw but El Grande is 62 and it's also been uh one of the cl- one of the modern classics of area control games it's very clean very Chris, uh, you're putting dudes on a map.
1: Yeah, so in El Grande, there's a set of cards. Each round, everyone picks a set of cards. And the cards tell you where and how many little cubes you can put in. And then there's a tower where you can always add your remaining cubes into it. Um, And then there's, at the end of every section, there's a scoring round. Mm. And you score, you know, based on majority and minorities. Yeah, that was one I haven't played
0: that one in a long I played that I think once a long time. I've played once long, long or twice.
1: Yeah, it's very basic, very simple area control. Um nothing I don't think it does anything fancy, but it is a it's nineteen ninety five game. Ninety five so is when it came out. So a fairly older game where it introduced reintroduced this area control as uh, concept in a different non risk way. Yeah. it. no dice.
2: It. More, It's a very Euro game, you know the information, mm. you kind of know what your team, your you can't components get, are going to do. You can't
1: get eliminated from the game, mm-hmm. so you participate in every single round. Um, there is kind of like a runaway, at least I've noticed, the couple times I've played it, a runaway mechanic where a really good player just runs away with the game and mm. you, you can't catch up. They just kind of know the game and, and know that's the cards. True.
2: And that, sh- that shows that it's a little bit older games. Uh, a lot of games that come out now try to mitigate that just because it ends up not being fun and people don't play games that aren't
1: fun. Yeah, and then once once you know you're in last place, yeah. you kind of give up and you're just dark. Kingmaker chaos. or Chaos. Mm-hmm. One yeah, or the other.
0: I'm, I'm definitely on the, the, the side of Chaos.
1: All right, so the next one is one of our
2: favorite games. Uh, number 31 on Board Game Geek. It's Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Blood Rage.
1: Blood Rage. <laughs> Mandatory blood rage. Mandatory blood rage. Uh, raise your hand if you want a copy
0: of Blood Rage? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All I, three hands up. I really feel like Blood Rage comes up so often it's just that good of a game that it comes up so often because it does so many things, like virtually flawlessly.
1: I think it just really good blend of the Euro and American themed mm-hmm. put together. Yeah. You know someone once said like, well you could play Blood Rage without the minis yeah, it'd be the exact same but game, but why, why would you, you want, want to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it has the strong thematic Viking theme that you find in a lot of Marathrash games. But it has a lot of Euro mechanics where you're not knocked out. Mm-hmm. There's uh, um, drafting, there's uh, asymmetric powers. So, yeah, it just seamlessly... There's okay. rewards for losing. That was That's one of the first games I've yeah, ever... Yeah, Loki strategy. <laughs> no. that,
2: that, and when we teach you, it's like, your guys will die and that's okay. It is yeah. okay to... Don't name them. Don't you name them. should don't never name, them. name your guys in Blood Rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it does area control and it does it uniquely too because two people can stand next to each other from different clans and nothing happened. Right. There is no negative things for two people standing next to each other until someone decides to raid a village. Once they've decided, not raid, what's um, it? Pillage. 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 pillage the village. And they pillage it, and that's when you have to start looking at who's in that area. And you can pair points, and people but, can jump in and add points. You can never leave, because Vikings never run away.
1: Vikings never run away. That's right. But then it's not only that, but it's also in the quests. So the true area control comes, if you happen to have the control of gray area, control of mm-hmm. yellow area, that's when you're sitting there going... Man, I need to put one guy there to finish my quest, and I need to make sure Sean doesn't put a guy. So how can I trick him to leave? I know I'll raid. I'll pillage Jidrosil. He ran
0: away <laughs> That's what I did. It was like there's almost like two kite types of area control going on. Like it was you know you want to control the area so when you pillage. You you know you have a better chance of winning the reward. Yeah. Well, like Alex said, in the same token with the quests, you have this other area that you're trying to have the most strength in to get points. So it, it becomes this balance of, all right, I want the reward for that, but I also have this quest, and it's trying to like he's trying to juggle and you know bluff your way or trick your way into being able to do both.
2: Um, next one we're going to talk about Shogun. It's not in the top one hundred. I didn't write the rank down for the ones that are not in the top one hundred. But Shogun um, looks... Hi, (laughs) Zander.
1: Hey. The Lone Star Meeple mascot, everybody. Uh,
2: Shogun feels a little bit like Risk. It has a Risk-style map of Japan. You have armies that are going to attack each other. But I really like the way this one does the battles.
1: It's very unique. With the dice tower... Cube tower, Cube tower. I guess they're not dice. They're not (laughs) not dice. There's little cubes. The cube towers where you pick up your armies and you drop them. And it's kind of just... Let's see what happens.
2: And if you've never played, it uses the same cube tower that is in Amerigo, and there's another game that uses the same Um, cube tower. There's a Stephen Feldman. Immortals. Immortals. That's not the one I'm thinking of. That's not the one you're thinking of. But there's a different one. But it looks a lot like a dice tower, but inside the the cube tower, there's three different platforms with random holes in it. So as you throw these cubes in, some of them will stay in the... Edge of Darkness. That's it. Some of them stay in the box, stay in the dice tower, cube tower but other ones get knocked out. So just because you throw five red cubes in doesn't guarantee five red cubes are coming out.
1: And then someone who's not even in the war could win it because in the previous war... Everyone I, died. Everyone died. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everybody shows up for this war we're just randomly walking by, saw two armies fighting and said, hey, we'll, we'll jump in.
0: Yeah, I never played this one, actually, Shogun. Like, I mean, I've, I've heard you talk about it. Like, I've heard of it. But I just I don't know it's I don't even think I know anyone that has it to be honest with you. Sure oh, guess. you have it.
1: I know right. that. It's fun. It's fun, and it has a lot of unique things where you're paying with treasures, and you're feeding your people. Yeah, and fighting farmers. Lots of different things. Yeah. In the game. Um. So it's a, it's a more again risk is the granddaddy. This is like they got risk and said. Let's, let's make it a Euro game. Let's make it a Euro game. Risk the Euro game. Risk the mm-hmm. Euro. <laughs> uh, and, okay. and also there's a German version of it. If you don't, if you haven't played Shogun, there's like Luftenstein or something like that. L- That's, That's the one I was trying to think of. No, it starts no, with an L. It starts with an L. I, my German's real rusty. <laughs> um, uh, but it's the exact same game except based in Europe. It uh, starts generation. with a W. Wallenstein. Wallenstein, yeah. I so think that's
2: it. Um, so moving on down our list, we got Scythe at number eleven
1: on the BGG. I ranking. was surprised to see Scythe as an area control because I would not have considered it.
2: So yeah, I just way well, I did the list, and I'm explaining it on this one because as we look at it, Scythe is not an area control game. But I just clicked area control, it gave me a whole bunch of lens, and I pulled the ones off that we like that we wanted to talk about. But Scythe, there's a couple different smaller aspects of it. It's definitely not the main focus of the game but at the end of the game how many territories you control are worth points so whoever controls each territory is worth um so many points based on where you are in certain tracks
0: yeah and i would say like it's one of those games where the area control is a small piece of it Mm -hmm. but it's not the main thing so like when you're when you are controlling one of those areas you have your guys there you have dominion over the resources that are there yeah which you then use to build up your stuff and somebody else can be like you know what you're starting to run away with this a little bit. I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna get that area, so I can control those resources now. So it's, like, it's, is conflict involved? But I mean, I I played it a couple of times. I honestly don't remember like how the. It's very peaceful conflict peaceful is conflict. resolved. Yeah, I remember or being you just, like peaceful. You just
1: kind of bid your powers, and if you win, you get to stay there. If you lose, you go back to your home base. Again, it's it has area control. It it's has conflict. Not
2: the main aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. It is a fun game. I do enjoy playing it every now and then, though.
0: Yeah. I haven't played it in a while. I actually never played it. There's it's
2: expansions, one of our, right? There's expansions for it yeah. now? Mm-hmm, I don't think I've ever played the expansions. It's,
1: it's one of our online games. There's a great copy of it in Steam. Steam.
2: I don't think I've played the expansions either. There's a Legacy-esque expansion, something Rise of Fenris, yeah. and it's supposed to be a really fun campaign to play through. Um, next on our list, number 35 on the Board Game
1: Geek is mm. Root. See, the Root is a great game, but my problem with calling it an area control is that not all factions actually care about area. Yes, but some factions only care about area. Yeah, so I, some, some
2: people at the table are going to be playing an area control game yes, the entire if the, time.
1: If you're the Marquis de Cats, all you care about is taking over the entire forest. Same yeah. thing with the, with the birds. The birds but do. I think the beavers don't care about area they're in. They're putting their paws in everybody's baskets. Same thing with the alligators, I think, and the the raccoon. Uh, he the, has a different name. That's right. The renegade. No. The re-
0: yeah, the, that's what I played as. I played as the one who's like kind of the neutral, but you're basically playing both sides of the fence. But he's yeah. like,
2: I'm gonna give you cards because it gives me points. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, I want the cards, but I don't want to give you points. So, I I like root being on this list of area control games because. Some people at the table are playing an absolutely 100% area control game. And some people have to know that. They have to know that they're trying to control their areas. So even though I might not be playing the area control part of it, I know that the cats are. And I have to be aware of where the cats are in the game. And have to be aware of what they're controlling.
1: The intertwining of all the Mm -hmm. different... Because really in Root, you're playing five different games. And somehow... They're all intertwined into one game.
0: Mm. I remember, like when I, I think, only played it once or twice. And the first time I played it, 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 it was about halfway through the game before I started really wrapping my head around what's going Whoa. on. Oh. Because it was so weird. Because I was like, all right, I, I, I get what you're trying to do, and I understand what I'm, what I need to do. But it's like I don't have a goal. I'm trying to be in the middle.
1: It's like I don't want to really stop do. you because I don't gain anything from stopping you. But I don't want you to win. But I don't want you to win. <laughs> so I'm hoping he stops you, but. He doesn't look like he's stopping you. <laughs> he should stop yeah, you. Yeah,
0: it was it was really it was fun, but it was it it's, was definitely it's, a wonky game.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a unique, very unique area control. Yeah, but that kind of shows you, like when you when you
0: go when you're going back talking about risk, there's how area control has evolved over the years from it's, just sh- straight up, I own this, this is mine, mm-hmm. you can come fight me for it, and then it's yours, to something like Root where. These yes. people want area control, but these ones don't, but they kind of want area we control can share, to stop we yours. Can share
1: We can share this land if you want. We're we can both cool. we'll hang out, yeah. Yeah. But can we're going to kick his butt over there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, number 82, Tiger in Euphrates and its little brother, Yellow and the Yangtze. Yeah. So Very similar games. We're going to decide to talk about them together because a lot of the
1: it's, it's mechanisms same, it's work really, really game, similar, yeah. yeah. Anybody, so,
0: we played the, the, not the newer version. Yellow and Yangtze We played, we played tigers,
1: tigers, tigers, tigers and Euphrates. And Euphrates. Yeah. We played Yellow and the Yangtze. He's pointing to Sean I on was the first say, one. To, Michael for on the second those out there that might uh, be able to see... I forget, see. this isn't a video. <laughs> they can't see who you're pointing to. <laughs> All right. So, so Sean and Alex... Blue and Red have played tigers and Euphrates. <laughs> and, and Michael and red Alex... Red and Green have played Yahtzee and Yellow oh, and, Yellow Yellow and Yahtzee. Um, so... Reiner Knizia has become one of my favorite developers just because of the elegance of his games. And he always has this one thing that makes the game kind of like... (laughs) 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 You know, that one thing. And the really unique thing about these two games, the genius behind them is... So you're collecting different colored points based on the tiles. So there's red tiles, black tiles... Yellow tiles, green tiles, blue tiles, and you're gaining points in each individual one. So I can have ten red points, six yellow points, twenty black points, two blue points. And the genius of the game, and this is where area control starts becoming different, is only your lowest points matter. Mm-hmm. So if I only if I have a hundred red points but two blue points, I have two blue points. And this is where this is where you mean you mean two points two at the point, end of the game two points at the end of the game mm-hmm. yes those are the only ones that matter I'm sorry um, so the what I think is really unique about this is I got twenty black points Sean takes over the black territories I might not even want to fight him back it's not like Risk where I have United States of America you take over Alaska I'm gonna fight you to the bitter end to get Alaska back because I want to control the area the this one, it shifts so much. What you, what your wants are, are based on what your needs are, which is, I think, a really ingenious way of controlling that area control.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. That's pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely interesting. It was, it was I, and when we played it, it was just, I was literally the exact thing. I was like, and it's I don't need so to do it hard
2: <laughs> losing something. I'm like, I need to get. No, I don't need to get that because back. Because your
1: mindset needs to change. And it's like, usually it's, you attack me, well, I'm going to attack you back. I need to get that back, it's but, fine. But here, you need to be like, you attack me, eh, I don't really need that. I'm going to go this way.
2: Alright, next one on the list absolutely surprised me for like 10 seconds. And then I was like, nope, that is absolutely area control
0: is smash up. Mm. When I first saw I was like,
2: that's not an area control. Wait a second. It
0: is, it is 100%. Everybody is fighting over bases on the board. I mean, it's a campy like, you know, family kind of silly game, but yeah, at its they, core, there are locations on the board that you are deploying creatures to in an effort whoever has the, to most, have the most
1: gets the thing. I mean, I, I see it. I see your arguments. My only problem is that you don't gain benefits every round.
2: No, you gain it when when it the, pops. Because so, there's a trigger on it, yeah. So yeah. When so it pops.
1: risk owning the territory every round. You're gaining the benefits.
0: Um, well, blood rage. You have to initiate the battle. Yeah,
1: I mean that's just kind of a and, like
0: I said a different element of area control.
1: Yeah, like I said, I see it, but I just like even like with said, adrenaline,
0: like I don't get it for having the most on your board. If you never die, that does nothing for me.
2: That's nah, well, not gonna happen. You'll die. Everyone you will. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you, you
0: will die in adrenaline. But I'm just saying, in theory. If I have eight, you know, wounds on your board, and for some reason you just are good at running away, or you survive, those eight things do nothing for me.
2: Um, so, yeah, Smash Up, absolutely. And one of the fun things they do about that one is, so, each base has three point values. Whoever has the most, hey, Xander, whoever has the most points gets the first point value. Whoever has the second most... Um, uh what's the word um i guess it's using points, place. Two it's different first place ways.
0: second place
2: of control yeah and then whoever has the last control gets that third point value but that's not always greatest to least sometimes that third player is going to get the most points or the middle player is going to get the most points but there is a usually a winning bonus yeah, yeah. like you get this special power if you if you're the one who has the most, you get the special power on the base. And then you discard to get a new base. Yeah,
0: the bulk of them are whoever has the most, you know, first I mean, place gets the most points. But, but there are a couple that just throw you for a loop that makes you change your mindset. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I sold all my Smash Up stuff. Did you you like, had the big old box. Of I did. I had I had every single expansion. But after a while, it just, it stopped hitting the table because it became so chaotic. Because there was all, all the expansions, and there was tokens, and then there was counters, and then there was power counters, and you can move the power. It was just... There was just too much, mm-hmm. like, just accounting to worry about playing the yeah. game, to the point where I just said, "Like, listen, we're only playing with the base factions because the rest of the stuff just it's fun, but it just becomes t- too much upkeep to worry about, and it yeah. stopped hitting the table a lot." And I figured, you know what, somebody wanted, to, you know, his his son and really enjoyed it. It was like ten or eleven years old, so I just I sold him the whole thing. I was like, "Yeah, you know, what? if your kids enjoy it, have at it, have
1: fun." Yeah, I think that happens a lot in games where too many exp- too many expansions ruin the pot Mm
2: -hmm. and then as we we play games and we decide we're done playing that game and we start playing new games we have our group has a big problem of playing new games and then forgetting about the old ones and just there's like we're sitting in board game room here and i was reorganizing the other day there's a lot of games that i really enjoy that we just don't pull out as much anymore and it's neither good nor bad. It's just what
0: we do. You no, know we should do? Honestly, I just thought of this. Is when we kind of get together, you know, when finally we can all actually, like, hang out as, like, groups again. You remember doing things? Remember doing <laughs> things? Doing remember, what was, remember what life was like? <laughs> remember, it's actually, it's...
1: there was a time where we would play games every day of the week? Yeah. It's like Monday, we'd go to this meetup. Tuesday, we'd do this meetup. Wednesday, we'd run a meetup. <laughs> Thursday, we'd go to play Gloomhaven. And Friday, we'd play games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, no, what we should do is, honestly, is, like, it, we said, like, hey, listen, we're going to get together playing games, but you know what? Everyone, p- bring a game with you that we ha- that you know you have not played in a while. Because mm-hmm. everyone always wants to bring their, at case in point, I brought Godspeed with me. Because I just got it in the mail. Everyone wants to bring, like Alex says, Cult of the New. They want to bring the new shiny game that they got. It's like, we should specifically say, like, you know, call up Scott and Eric and be like, listen, mm-hmm. bring an older game you haven't played in a while.
2: We should do it by years. Bring a game made in 2017. Everybody brings a 2017 game, and that kind of narrows down the field of which games we're going to ah,
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're really, something you have not played in a long time, and yeah, if you yeah. have not played it in six months or more, just bring it. Not counting Corona. Not counting Corona, yeah.
2: yeah. Pre-Corona. Uh, all right, next one we're going to talk about is the highest rated board game that we're going to talk about on this main list
1: is Rebellion It coming in at number seven. Star and Wars I, Rebellion. And I'm, it used to be number one for a long time. Did it? What yeah. was, like, number one, number two? That's why I bought it, because it was so high. And I wanted to see if it lived up to the hype. And does it? Boy, it yes. does. Yeah, it. it does. It's such a... You love Star Wars. You want to play through the movies? Oh, it that's absolutely the game. feels like you're playing yeah. the movies. It, yeah. it really does. Like, and area control is dealt differently there, because, I mean, as the Empire, you really don't care about controlling the planets. You have so many troops that you don't care The reason you're controlling them is just to choke, put that choke, on the rebellion, and
2: as the rebellion, you feel it. You're like, he's gonna catch me. You have a hidden base somewhere. So he's gonna find it next turn, and yeah. he goes to a different planet. You're like, yes, it's... but now he's killing all the people on that planet, and poor Alderaan, R.I.P. Yeah. It's so like a my... seek
0: and destroy. It's like like the area like you want to control the areas, but you only really want to do it so you can be like, I'm gonna find your base.
1: That's it, and yeah. you're just
0: systematically going through. Are you there? Nope. Know, blow it up anyway. And
1: I don't know about y'all, but it, my mission is always to blow up the gun, dun- gun guns. Uh, first. First. <laughs> the moment I build a Death Star. Me
2: so want to be the secret base.
0: Boom. Speaking of, side note, there was a funny thing I saw. that There was a meme someone put up. It's just like, you know what? Some force of nature whatever. Would you rather talk like Jar Jar Binks or look like Jar Jar Binks? Me so want to look like
2: Jar Jar Binks.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, Rebellion was... Re- oh, you, you showed it to me the first time I played yeah, it. Yeah, I have it right there. It's still... That was your board game measuring tool, wasn't it? That was it? also, yeah, when
1: I went to go buy a board game table, I took the Rebellion boards to the store and got funny looks, but I needed a table that could fit that one.
0: That's right, I've done that. I've done that at the container store where, like, I wanted, like, I mean, there's no insert for a game where the insert is, like, $130. I'll go to the container store with the board game and sit on the floor pulling different containers out and, like, putting them in, see which one fits best.
1: What's sad is that's not even the biggest table hog anymore not anymore no mm-hmm. thank
0: you
2: gloomhaven that does a lot yeah. uh next one on the list was a spielder's our nominee a couple years ago amenhotep uh egyptian themed game about building different uh landmarks in egypt some of them are area control, some of them not so usually there's a uh, four different things that you're building some are just based on where you put them physically but several of them like you're building the palace or something whoever has the most cubes at the end of the game is going to get the most points or at the end of each round. So it's not area control at its heart, but it does definitely has some area control points yeah. in this it.
0: This is the one with the boats, right? You load up yeah. the boats. You, you, the you boats. can pick a loader every you pick to send it. I don't know. I, I played it like once and I just, I don't know, it didn't click with me. I don't yeah. know. Nothing's anything wrong with the game. I know a lot of people out there really like it. Just I played it once and I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't really click with me for some reason.
1: Yeah, so we, we ran through this list to show you that area control is in a lot of games, and it's not something to be scared of or stub your nose at. And sometimes it's hidden in there. There was several that we talked about
2: that we realized that it does have area control, area majorities, even though it didn't
0: put it right out there on the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't, I never even thought of Until you said it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can see it. I For mean, it's, it's just kind of like they snuck it in there a
1: little bit. So back to, back to your first okay, game.
2: Okay, so yeah. Uh, so that was the big list that we wanted to run through and now we each picked three games that we want to just highlight maybe it's really well done or just a unique aspect of area control my first one was Adrenaline we're not going to go back into it yeah we idea. already hijacked that Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> but it, it snuck in some area control aspects of it it's it, a really fun game to play it's one of my top ten games to run around and shoot everybody and then just that little area control at the bottom
1: that game is a lot of fun it is it is fun but uh, one of my top area control games, which to me was a sleeper hit, uh, not many people really, I don't hear talked about a lot, but Tyrants of the Underdark, which combines two of my favorite things. Deck building and area control. Mm-hmm. And, you like know. Like Alex says, deck builder plus. Deck, deck builder, builder, builder plus. Mm-hmm. Well, I really enjoy deck building as a mechanic. Whoa, well, We'll do that later. I'm just It's just a little <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, just because it shows a growth in power. Mm. And as your power and your deck builds, you can see your armies spreading out through the map and taking over all the Underdark. Um, it's a fantastic game. A lot of conflict. You get to murder each other. You're fighting for territories. And you're buying cards and building a deck. Mm. I, I highly recommend that one. That was it. That Times was it. And like I said, it, it it's deck building plus area control. Yeah, it is a, it's a D and D
0: theme for you know for mm-hmm. anyone who hasn't played. It, if you're you know kind of yeah. like the D and D style games, I think it's the the drow, right? The drow. the drow. You're playing
1: the drow. So if you've read the, if you've read the books of drizzt, mm-hmm. or drizzt, drizzt, I think so. Um, his his family house comes out in it. Mm-hmm. One of them. One of them is like his family house, and they talk about all the houses. Yeah. in those books the the, the the drow you're controlling the underdark there's uh four eight now there's eight half decks and when you make a deck you combine two decks to make the mm-hmm. so you know you can have uh dark elves and elementals or dragons and undead and nice smash up yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah kind of smash up <laughs> <D&D so. smash-up. laughs> D <D&D> smash up <laughs> dnd smash up deck building plus area control
0: there you go right. <laughs> what do you have sean So, the first one I had on was actually, we we touched on it briefly, was uh, Twilight Struggle. Like, in this one, it does area control. Like, I only actually played it that one time, and we kind of, like, were were playing it at at Emerald Tavern. Mm -hmm. But it it does area control in that, like, that fun way where it's, I guess it's, you can kind of almost call it Risk-esque. Like, but we're not, like, necessarily, like, straight up combating each other. It's more of, like, it's the Cold War.
1: But you are. But That's, you're
0: but you, you're doing it on the sneak. Like, you're not really, like, straight up, like, I'm just going to walk into and start shooting you. You're
1: changing influences. You're playing cards to control the areas. Because uh, you know what you're going to score. Mm-hmm. So there's, each area has a scorecard. If you happen to have it in your hand you start influencing an area and the other players should be smart enough to know hmm Sean's putting a lot of influence in south america i think south america's about to pop mm. <laughs> um but yeah it's a great it's that's another yeah
0: but it does area control in a way that like yeah it's you can obviously you're you're fighting over the territories but you're doing it in a in an, like you said, like an influence way, not a fisty cuffs kind of a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you're playing these events. You know, like the Cuban Missile Crisis pops up, and that just changes how everything is going to work for the next however many rounds. And there was an element to it. I maybe you could refresh my memory. I remember it was something about like choosing cards. Where you're like, I want this. Card. Yeah. So and if you was, play
1: every card. The point of the game is a multiplayer, multi-purpose cards. So the cards can be used. At the top, there's like uh, action points. So a card could have four action points, which lets you attack like four times or place four influences. But the interesting thing is if the U.S. uses a Russian card, the Russians get to trigger the event. Oh. And if the if the Russians use a U.S. card, the U.S. get to trigger the event. So maybe you'll have a card there with four points where you're like, man, I could really use this to take over West Berlin or West Germany, but it's a U.S. card, and if I use it, I don't get the benefits of the card, and and that's that's the whole thing where you're like, man, I really want to use this card, but I don't want him to do the thing.
0: Yeah, that was that was a really good game. I'm kind yeah. of mad that we didn't get to finish that game because I don't think well, we have it right there whenever we'll, you want. Yeah, we did. We should play that again. That was a mm-hmm. lot of fun.
2: Uh, next one on my list is Mission Red Planet. Uh, this one game. is two <laughs> two different games in one. The First one is action selection, simultaneous action selection. Everybody picks a card, puts it face down, and flips it over. And then starting at number one, we go through number nine. But the main part of the game is there's a map of Mars, and it's a risk s map where Mars is divided up into eight different territories. And then there's a moon. Uh, Phobos. Phobos, the moon. And the main aspect of the game is trying to go to the map. Whoever has the most. Go to the moon because there's different resources on each section of the map. And at the end of the first round, you're going to get one point for one of those resources. And they range from three one, to five two, three. points One, one to three, two, three. One, two, and three points. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the second round, you get two of those things. And if I'm the only one there, I'm going to get both of them. But if there's someone else there, I get the first one. They get the second one.
1: No? No. Whoever has the most gets both of them. If it's tied, you, you split that's, it. Yeah. But the cool thing is, if it's tied, like if there's one one resource mm-hmm. and you tie it stays there for the next for round. the next round
2: yeah because you have to split it evenly if you can mm-hmm. and then there's a third round and then at the end of the third round there's a final scoring part where there's been some cards throughout the game that have been tucked under where this one's going to score double points or this one doesn't score at all and so you can actually mitigate the game knowing that you've tucked a card under a territory that says that territory's not going to score and you just never put any guys in there because you're like, ha, 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 no points for you.
1: Hmm. Fun fact about that game, I have never had anyone say they didn't like it. This is, it's a really it's fun a game. It's a really good game. It's, I never
0: sorry. played it. I don't... It's
1: really fun. It plays. The cool thing is it plays up to six people, but six people don't slow down the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It plays the it's, exact same it with it plays, two as it does it with yeah, six. Two to six, it, the game is exact same game. Just a little more chaotic. Um, yeah. I wish more yeah. games did that. It's, it's chaotic. It's Six fun. Is, yeah. It's strategic. You have to know when to play which guy and how to play them. And everyone loves the game. I'm <laughs> As of yet, it's mm-hmm. like my go-to uh, intro to gaming
2: game. Yeah, it's one of those good gateway games. Because mm-hmm. it's slightly harder than maybe like a Ticket to Ride or Carcassonne. Right. But it's a, still easy enough to pick up. Easy to teach, hard to play, hard to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Master, hard to master. Aaron, Five
0: minutes to learn, years to master.
1: All right, Sean, what do you have?
0: Uh, I was Terra Mystica. I know I can already hear Alex is rolling his eyes, yeah, but mine I, hit the back of my head. I I like this game. It was oh, one of the, it was one of the first. Look at Alex. Oh, 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 yeah, what? Wait, wait, it's your turn. <laughs> no, this this was one of the the first games that someone like I mean like the first really like heavy games that someone introduced me to like years ago. Yeah, you know, we went from just you know, relative you know, loads of water, deep stuff like that, and then he just whipped that on the table, and it blew my mind. He just so that might, out. yeah, he just whipped it out. So that might be why it's held such as you know, a special place for me because it was one of my first experiences with that type of game. Mm-hmm. But with Terra Mystica, it's you know, its area control is not the main portion of it. I mean, it's a part of it. Like you're terraforming these areas, you're trying to take it over to. Your homeland, so you can build on it and expand your civilization. And once you have it, it's it's yours. Nobody can take it. So it's not one of those games where there's conflict in the sense that you know I I'm going to fight you for that area. Once somebody has it, if they cut you off in the direction that you're trying to go, you need to kind of circumvent that and figure out you know how you're going to you know ex- expand even further. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but overall, Terror Mystica I think is is another one that. You know, area control is, is a big part of it, but not, you know, the only thing.
2: I was at my brother's house before Corona. I think Thanksgiving, Christmas time. I don't remember when I was over there. I, go, I They live in Massachusetts, so I don't get to see him very often. But him and his wife have played Terra Mystica for years, and they have like this uh, Excel document of each of the tribes, clans, mm-hmm. races. And they're like, all right, when these two play, who won? When these two play, who won? So they're trying to play all the different. Um, combinations and see who the best one is. And so I was looking, it's like halfway finished. It's like, are y'all still doing this? He's like, yeah, we try every now and then. But they've played a lot of that game and they really enjoyed it as well.
0: It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I really like it. It's very tight, like resources. You have enough to do most of what you want to do, but never all of what you want to do. But it is, it's very early and it's, you know, it's definitely, a, it can be a slog if you're playing with more than four people. Mm-hmm. So it, it I, I definitely can understand why some people will avoid it, but like, like I won't play it with more than four. Like, I tried it, that once. Does it play more than four? Yeah, I think it was at the five.
1: Oh, have you played Gaia Project?
0: I have played Gaia Project. Is yeah. How, how do they compare? Uh, Gaia Project has it's space. interesting. Like, it's
1: the space theme. Well, is it a faster, more streamlined version or same thing in space?
0: it's kind of the same thing in space I would say or at least for me I mean I only played it once it was it was weird because it's you're trying to expand into the planets and there was like there the distance was a problem so you have to try to go up on the tracks before you can move into things and like, I, I played it the one time and it, it took mm-hmm. me a little bit to compare them but I think it's because I played terra mystica so much more that I just have a better grasp of it yeah yeah with with Gaia project it's I don't know. I mean, I, I was kind of on the fence. I'd have to play it, like, another, you know, couple of times to really make a good determination on it.
1: Well, it's a game I'd definitely give another try. It's been a long time but since I've played, played a full time game, now. yeah. Uh, my next game is a game that, when I backed it on Kickstarter, I was actually really scared it was going to be too Euroy. And then when I finally played it, to my surprise, it's Area Control Funness, uh, <laughs> Endeavor, Age of Cell, and I just got the new expansion, Age of Expansion for it, which the expansion's called Age of Expansion. Yeah, man, they really reached for that one, didn't I they? I think I think that's what it is. I'm, I, Exploration, uh, maybe. I think it's. I exploring. have no idea. But uh, so in in Endeavor, there's all these chits all over there, little wooden chits all over the board, and you're trying to control chits everywhere, everywhere. Oh, no, there's, literally, like you get a bag full of them. And such a piece of chit. Bag of chits. <laughs> And uh, you're trying to control the different areas. There's area control when it comes to opening up new lands. Whoever has the most control of that area gets to be the governor. At the end of the game, each uh, fort you control is worth points. Uh, it's a quick. It's only seven rounds, and when you start the game, you start out with two little, two little workers, workers and you're sitting there going. I have to fill up this map with workers. By the end of it, you're sitting there going, I have 10 extra workers. What am I going to do with them? Why do I have so many workers? Uh, it's a great game. I highly recommend it to anybody out there. Have you done the expansion yet? I have not played the expansion. We should but do that. Yeah, It was a really cool expansion because it just added new tiles. Mm-hmm. And what I really like about it is they printed them double-sided. So if you want to play the original game, use the day, day side. You want to use the new game? Use the night side. Oh, so you can just get rid of all the base stuff. You just get rid... Yeah, so it came with just a new tray. switch it out. Oh, it that's nice. It came with nice. a new tray. It came with everything. So you literally grab the new tray, put it in the box, grab the old tray, throw it away, put it somewhere, do whatever you do with uh, old pieces. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Make a shadow box. And we should Make play it again. Yeah. yeah, that's a great game. Yeah,
0: see, that was a- I think I played it when you first got it, and that was like the last time yeah. I had really even looked at it.
1: Yeah, and I was really scared because I didn't know anything about it, but it was like had a lot of backing in, in Kickstarter. And I just backed it, and I was, like, sitting there going, man, I bet it's just going to be, like, Terra Mystica, Super I Yuri. remember
2: you playing the original after yeah. you'd backed it. Someone had it on the table. It's like, okay, I want to play, see if I like this game.
1: Yeah, and I, I was not disappointed. It's, it's gone up on one of my favorite games. Hmm. All right. Uh, my last one is
2: a very gateway game, Carcassonne. And this is another one that's kind of surprised me when I first looked at it. It's like, oh. But... The area control is all over the game, but it's not... Usually it's just going to be one or two workers that actually get you the control of it. Because once you've built a castle, you can't put a guy in a, castle, a city that's in already has a guy in it. So you have to work your way and build a city next to a city, put a guy in that one, and then get those cities to merge together. You have to build the area in order to control it because once you put a guy in it, it's yours. Mm. Nobody can really take it from you unless they merge it with another city. Same with the roads. There's roads and you put a guy in the road you have control of it. You'll score the points when the road finishes. But if someone else builds a road coming the other way and is able to put it on there, they'll share the points with you. So people who play the game really, really well work on combining those cities together. And if you're playing with three or four people playing the game, those cities can get big and there's two people building one city up together and you're like oh maybe i should try to jump in that city and um but carcassonne does area control in a unique kind of hidden way Mm -hmm. just because it's so much involved in the game but you really don't think about it
0: yeah that's that's another one i haven't played in like a long long time because it's one of those ones that like it's all right fine i'll play carcassonne (laughs) yeah. <laughs> but it's... it's not a bad game. Like it's a perfectly fine game. It's just one of those ones where I guess like I I, I, I leveled up, mm-hmm. so I and want to play different things.
2: Absolutely. I play um, with people. I use it as a gateway game. Hey, you don't play board games? You want to learn how to play a board game? Here's an easy one to play with. Um, my girlfriend and I play quite a bit over the phones and stuff. But it's one of those games that took risk and it took El Grande and it took the things that those games do with the area control. And just manipulate it into something else.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I it gives me a headache and putting the little workers down and just uh, not nah. Yeah, just, I enjoy just, it. I'm just no on that game. No, that's fine. It wouldn't dispute the news. I a said something about ago? you sometimes.
0: It's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Alex, your next one.
1: Um, so the last one I was gonna do is called Blue Lagoon. What surprises me about this and uh, It happens quite often where this is a game I picked up for like $10 on half-price books. Really, really, really cheap game. And I picked it up, learned the rules, played it once, and just instantly fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. So in Blue Lagoon, it's a Reiner Knizia game. And like I said, he has very elegant, simple games. You do one thing. On your turn, you grab a little piece and you put it on the board. And what you're doing is you're trying to create chains. Is this the one with all the islands? Yeah. So there's okay. like eight different islands and you're trying to create chains through the islands. And there's area control because there's like 12 different ways of scoring in the game. Mm-hmm. And you need to know how to set it, set yourself up for success. And you're build you know, one way is the longest chain connecting all the islands. Yeah. And then another way is actual how many pieces you have in the island. And another way is like how many islands do you control or something like that. And it's just a very unique way because there's no combat. There's no... Well, there's no combat, but there's a lot of conflict in the game. Yeah, there is. Because you can block people off. Mm. You see someone coming to your island. You build a nice little wall because only one piece... Can go on each hex. Can go on each hex. Mm. And you can't jump over hexes. You have to build a chain. Mm. So I see you coming towards my little island. I can just build a little wall and you're stuck there. And the thing that people don't realize is you start with like... 20 pieces. So you think you have a lot, but each and every single one of those pieces matters. Mm -hmm. You do not want to waste them, like, going around someone's wall. Mm. But you also don't want to waste them building a wall because you want to get to other places. And that's the beauty of the game, where you feel you have a lot, but midway through the game, you're looking at the map going, Man, I should not have placed those 12 guys over there. Mm -hmm. Because it's whoever has the most ones
2: on each island scores points but there's also points if you're on every island so you don't want to just take the most take a couple islands you want to be on every island and have the most on I the mean, important yeah. islands
1: yeah. yeah and each one scores differently it's a great game 10 bucks plays in less than an hour like we can play a four player game in less than an hour I uh, think the hardest thing is the math when you're adding up. Super simple to explain, super simple to learn, hard to master.
0: Yeah, then that was fun. And then I remember there was an element of like resources, too, where you want to try to get the yeah. most of this, but you have to now move your chain
1: over to them. So by doing that now, you're not going in another way. Exactly, and that's what I mean, where you're building your little chain, and each piece is so valuable, should I... Use this piece to block Sean. Should I use this piece to get a resource? Should I use this piece to gain control? But then he can just place another piece. So that means then people get into like bidding wars where I place a piece. You place a piece. I put- And then the third player is just going around. La, 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 <laughs> I control all the other islands while you. So it's it's a very hard balancing act because you're limited. Like in Risk, you're not limited in the number of armies you have. You could have 10,000 armies spread out through the entire world. Here you have 20, and you need Mm. to control the world with these 20 people. Mm.
0: This was one of the few games that I think after we played it, I literally, I think I was like, I set it up again.
1: that doesn't happen often. It doesn't
0: happen (laughs) often, but I was like, you know what? The game was fast enough, and it was fun. I was like, all right, set it up again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a great game. I found it. They had like tons of copies and half price books for like 10, 15 bucks. If you see Blue Lagoon out there, Definitely pick up on it. That, that would be, if we had a some sort of award, it would be definitely nom- my nomination. Yeah.
0: So my last one is a Kickstarter that I got last year. Uh, we've talked about it before in previous podcasts, is Court of the Dead. So Court of the Dead is you're basically playing as like these underworld factions, kind of being the, I guess, the politicians between a war between heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to like vying for, you know, you know, control over the souls of, of the dead. Uh, but like with this game, like on the board, like there's all of these different areas, like of the underworld that you're trying to, to control and that you're trying to have like the most pieces on because at the end of every round, you're going to you're going to go through each individual spot in order and say, okay, who has the most here? Okay. You get a you know a thing, you get a benefit, you get a benefit, you get a benefit. And the fun part is, or an interesting part of it, the area control to it is even beyond that, it's who has the most of a certain type of faction. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, you can have control over all the areas and win, you know, like four of them there, but then lose on every single thing down at the bottom. So it's, and it's hard to do both. So you have to almost figure out, all right, what is it that I need now to try to control? And what's, what am I trying to go for? So do I want to just give up having the most of this piece? so that I can control this area and get this thing that I need? Or do I want to try to go all in and get more of these particular types of figures so I can win down at the bottom yeah. and get that benefit because I'm going to need that more? So you're, you're constantly juggling between what you want to control. And it's like one of those things, like you said, with Tigris and Euphrates, just because you lose a spot, you might not need it anymore. You might be like, you know what? I'm not going to fight him for it because I think I have a better plan that I'm going to go for anyway, so you can have that.
1: Yeah, and that's such a beautiful game, I have to say. The minis are wonderful, the artwork is wonderful, the little metal sliders are wonderful. If you're going to get that game, you definitely need the Kickstarter yeah. deluxe version. The Kickstarter yeah. version. Of course, it's, it's, you, always, uh, you always get the deluxe version. Stupid deluxe version. Yeah, it's the metal coins, like
0: you know, the pewter, pewter like skull sliders for the for the for the oh, player yeah. boards. Yeah. Those look real nice. Yeah, it's it's a really well done, well put together, pretty game.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a complete game. A lot of the times you you I get Kickstarters. And they feel like they're missing a mechanic. And or then they... the expansion comes and out. Then, and... Yeah. Oh, but, there it is. <laughs> but this one is a complete game in a box. Uh, I would say, I would compare it, you know, it's more Blood Rage than Tiger and Euphrates, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, more that style, but it's definitely a fun game. Uh, well,
2: there's 19 games that we talked about. Some shoved in your face area control some a little bit hidden area control and some that just surprised you that you have been playing area control games and you didn't realize it um so we hope that you just try to open your mind find a game that you like and play it
0: yeah yeah and if anyone has anything that you know they particularly you know like as an area control game or something that you might have it, it kind of hidden in there that they did it on the sneak you know go ahead and just feel free you know leave us uh leave us a comment and uh tell us tell us what you think This is a new
2: um, program, not program, a new platform that we're using. And if you like the way we're doing this and you want to see more, think about deck building and tiling and different things like that. If there's something you want to hear about or you didn't enjoy it at all, let us. Let us know and we'll keep working on getting better.
1: We're, you know, hashtag Lone Star Meeple on pretty much any social media. But speaking of area control... Ankh's coming out. New Kickstarters. I think, uh, I, think we, I think we just officially all backed... We did, yeah. We're getting three copies of Ank.
0: I was the last one to jump on that bandwagon. I was like, ah, fine. You
1: can't say no to that. Uh, Mr. Lang, Yeah. we we fully support you.
2: Yes, Eric Lang. <laughs> we, we like your games. Um, the newest but, Tiny Epic is coming out. Tiny Epic Pirates is using a rondelle with a little pick-up-and-deliver game. That's probably the most expensive Tiny Epic game I've $100 bought. $100 Tiny Epic? I'm not spending $100 on this Tiny Epic game. I I did the game and the expansion, and I think but it's, it's but $45. It's but then they were trying to charge another $40 for the playmats, and I'm like, I can't spend $100 I mean, on it. You have t- to get the playmats. I have to you get know, the playmats. mats. have to. I know, but I can't. That's a lot of money for the game. He's going to get the playmats. He's going to get the playmats. I'm, I'm
0: literally looking at like a wine rack. Pretty much of playmats, he's
1: gonna get the playmat. And then furthermore, into the area control, we have War of Whispers. The new campaign just ended. I think you can still late back it. Mm-hmm. They have a collector's edition, deluxe edition, regular edition, which we're giving away a regular edition on our podcast. But this is area control. Uh, but you are the people behind the area control. So
2: we we're teaching it to someone last night and I was like, Okay, so you're not playing Risk You are puppet mastering the people who are playing Risk. So the people, the figures on the board are playing a game of Risk. And you are behind the scenes like, alright, you should go invade Germany. You need to do this. Yeah, and and this is
1: another game that has that same quality of... You're not an army. You're bidding on an army. Yeah. So if if someone attacks the one you want to win, your immediate reaction is, attack them back, but... I don't I don't care if that happens. I want this army to win. It's been a it's, lot of fun, yeah. It's a lot of fun being the whispers behind the king in the king's ear fighting a war. Um so the new campaign just ended with the expansion. There's um mint control. Mint control. If you're a fan of tiny tiny games, tiny
2: tiny games and area <laughs> control. And area
1: control. We have mint control that Ended its campaign a while ago. I'm a I'm a fan of mint the mint games. I own all of them, mm-hmm. so I naturally backed mint control. Um,
2: I kind of already talked about the Shakespeare game, not Shakespeare, uh, Sherlock Holmes game, the graphic novels. That one's I backed recently on Kickstarter a while back, and it should be coming in soon.
1: And then another area control that just ended ended, which was probably late back, Maharaja. Ra- Maharaja. Maharaja. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> My Indian's a little rusty. <laughs> um, uh, that is also an area control game. That's actually why I backed it. Because the I clicked on the little video and the first thing it said, it's like, area control. All right. You talked me into game. it. Yeah, solved. Yeah. Done. You, 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 you had, you had me at area control. You talked me into it. But in that one, you're going to cities and the king is like traveling from city to city and you're trying to... Display your god greater than all the other gods, and that's where the area control comes in. You're mm-hmm. building temples and stuff like that. And yeah, so I actually
0: have coming in the mail. I just got the notice for it. The uh, email said that the Revenge of El Dorado is on the way. It's an expansion.
2: Must not be Simon if you got the notice before the game arrived. Yes, before the game arrived. And, <laughs> I mean, uh, come on.
0: Oh, come on. Yes. It's uh, it's an expansion to Island of El Dorado, which uh, we played a couple of times. That was the one we had to go ahead and try to control the pyramids mm-hmm. and get the artifacts. Mm-hmm. That one was a lot of, it. It of fun. Yeah. So um, I remember initially when we played it, there was a little that's discrepancy a fancy on the rule. Yeah, it is definitely a fancy game with a magnetic box and yeah, you won fancy pile. Yeah, it's a really yeah. fancy game. Um, but yeah, but there's an expansion for it. And I think they actually part of it is like a new, like a whole new case to kind of like fit everything hold in. Everything. Yeah, hold everything. Yeah. Um, I. It was delayed for a while, and I just got the notice. So, uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I don't even remember what the expansion has in it. I know it adds a new yeah, faction, I, and like, I click new back, enemies. and when it
2: shows up,
1: I'll read the rule book and yeah, learn how to play.
0: Because it got delayed because everything, you know, production shut down, and, you know, so I was like, yeah, I'll get it eventually. Because everything else is it.
1: delayed, and they didn't want yeah, right? to be unique. So, uh, yeah, so,
0: to be honest, I don't even remember what it adds to the game at this point, but. We'll find out soon. Yeah, we'll find out soon enough. I should have it by Wednesday.
2: All right. So, last time we talked about we're going to give away War Whispers, and then we realized we didn't really follow up on it. So, we're going to be pretty specific. Uh, When this episode drops, we're going to give some posts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In order to be entered in the drawing to win the War Whispers, we need you to like and share that post. We will randomly pick someone who's liked and shared the post, and get in contact with them and give away war whispers
1: run basic edition the regular the mm-hmm. retail edition is. absolutely
0: yep so just to when when you do like and share the post make sure you put on hashtag the lone star meeple this way we can pull everything up and see you know and kind of just do like a random drawing from there so yeah. like Michael said share like the post and hashtag the lone star meeple all one word If you don't mm-hmm. know how hashtags all, work. all one word that's right yeah i said I'm, I'm getting old i had to Recently, I was like, "How does this? How does this hashtag thing work? You, you whippers whippersnappers." Life. So I don't know about that. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but anyway, guys, that is our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you know, we look forward to entertaining you in the next one. Feel free to like, share, comment, subscribe. Tell us what you want to hear, and we will see you next time.
2: All right. See y'all later. All
1: right. And this is the part where we talk. I know. Dun, 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 dun.